All right, on this episode, we have Eric Roberts, former Navy veteran and owner-proprietor of Wide Awake Brewing Company. We sit down and talk about the military, we talk about uh, his love of home brewing, and then we talk about how he got the idea to open up his own brewery out there in Berkeley County. So enjoy this episode. All right, we are on. How's it going, Eric? It's going good, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me over here. We're at Wide Awake Brewing Company. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. But uh, first, you know, like I said, when I walked in the door, I feel like I've met you somewhere before. Yeah. You look familiar. Um, I think we've met probably at Oak Road Brewing Company or Homegrown. Somewhere here in town, I know we've, we've drank beer close to each other, maybe not with each other. But um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Right. Well, uh, my name is Eric Roberts. I'm proprietor here at Wide Awake Brewing Company and representing my team. Um, which consists of Stephen Platt and Penny Wright. Okay. Uh, we are a five-barrel craft brew house in Somerville, and my background is uh, I'm an electrical engineer. I have a military background. I was in uh, the Navy for about 10 years on submarines. Okay. I'm retired I, Air Force myself. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Yeah, you as well. And uh, I'm a home brewer that went... Uh, that's been brewing since the mid-90s. I started brewing with friends from the Navy back in the mid-90s and just have parlayed that into this uh, craft beer brewery. So that's... Right. Are you from Somerville originally? I'm from Georgia originally. I was born in Macon, if you know where that is, right in the middle of of Georgia. But I've been in South Carolina. Again, the Navy brought me here in the mid-1990s and just been here ever since. Um, I actually live in Goose Creek. I'm a Berkeley County resident. Uh, this brewery's in Berkeley County, so we support Berkeley County. You know? Yeah. Very cool. And what made you join the Navy? Let's, let's go into that for a second. Oh, well, um, I was uh, 18 years old, and uh, I was getting ready to go to college, and I had taken, you know, I had been accepted actually to Georgia Tech to study nuclear engineering, but my parents got divorced. And so I knew they weren't going to be able to help me, you know, with college tuition, that sort of thing. So I happened to be working part-time at a furniture store, moving furniture after school with an old retired Navy chief petty officer. And he knew what my situation was. And he said, you're you're interested in nuclear power. Uh, Have you checked out the Navy? And I said, no, never even really considered it. You know, we would have the recruiters come to our high school and, and give the ASDAB, you know, t- test, and I never took that because I was going to college. Right, right. Um, I did the same thing. But I was, at the time, I, I was living in a small Georgia town called Fitzgerald, which is about two hours south of Macon, and uh, and, I, and the recruiter came to town like once a month, and I walked in off the street and said, hey, I hear you guys got a nuclear power program, and the guy looked at me like, uh, you know, there's no way this hick, <laughs> you know, is capable of, of doing this. So right. he said, have you ever taken the ASVAB? I said, no. He said, well, let's do that first. And uh, and so after he figured out I could read and write and uh, sign my name, yeah. then he said, okay, let me give you this pre-nuclear power test. And I aced that because I just had physics and calculus and everything in high school. And uh, and so then at that point, he realized I was serious. Right. 
uh, yeah, I did Air Force recruiting for four years, so I know exactly how the guy feels. Like people <laughs> yeah. come in all the time wanting to do stuff. And, and you, you could really tell he was very skeptical. And, right. and I met the guy again later on in my military career, and he said, you know, you're the only nuke that I put in the nuclear power program during my tour nice. as That's a recruiter big. during that period of time from that area. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So. And you said you did 10 years. Mm-hmm. What'd you give it up for? Well, at the time I had a family, had young kids. Uh, so I did two years of nuclear power training, five years on a submarine, then I came here to the weapons station for shore duty, and three and a half years, and it was time for me to go back to sea on a submarine. And again, at that time, I had you know a family and young children. Right. So. And that would normally be like, what, a six-month uh, time on a submarine? Yeah, or I was actually a Trident submariner, so uh, three months on, three months off, three okay. months on, three months off, like that. It's just very repetitive. Right. But I mean, I have more than two years of my life submerged in the ocean, just tool- tooling around on the inside of the submarine. Right. Well, obviously things have worked out for you, but do you ever go back and wish you would have just finished out your time and retired? Or No. Uh, no you don't don't no, look no. back at it. After I got out, I, like I said, I got my degree in engineering. I had a very productive career it, as in government contracting. So I did security designs for uh, the State Department and... Um, you know, just various government jobs, BAE systems, that sort of thing, military contracts. And so I did that for like the last 15 years up until about a year ago. Um, that was the type of work that I was doing. And I really enjoyed doing that as well. And I just moved <clears throat> on to other things. Yeah. So who'd you work contract-wise here in town? I mean, like CACI or SRC or those type uh, people? I, um, I never worked for SRC. Most of the stuff that I did was either for directly for the State Department or through Spay War, those right. sorts of things. Yeah, I did. When I retired, I did government contracting at SAIC and then CACI, and Spay War was our customer as well. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you're looking to give all those day jobs up, right? I mean, you want this to be your well your day job? I kind of have. Yeah. You kind of have already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the brewing business are still still working that 9 to 5. They haven't quite made it. I and and. and I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, one of our team members still has his nine to five job. The other one had her nine to five job up until just a few months ago. Unfortunately, in order for us to get to where we are now, I mean, it took long enough. I mean, again, we announced in December of last year, we got this place in April, you mm-hmm. know, still under construction. But just to get here now, I had to be here pretty much full time. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I jumped off that cliff already. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, speaking of military, so are you going to do anything military-wise here? Is it going to be military discounts, uh, uh, military days, anything like that? We are. We probably will. We haven't really thought that much, uh, that deep into it. Right. Um, this business uh, model has evolved over time. Initially, we were trying to bite off more than we could chew, mm-hmm. and one of the iterations was a military kind of uh, first responders sort of thing but we were going to do food and we had an other locations that we were looking at and it was just so difficult to get funding for that we had to scale back to this and I'm glad we did because we didn't really want to do food yeah. uh, we are going to have some discounts though to a- answer your question I mean we're just dis- 10% discount on growler fills and because this is such a small place we're going to try to push you know as much uh can we get you to take home some craft beer with you as possible? So right, yeah, I saw your list earlier. Yeah, or online, yeah. I think I saw it. But sure, yeah, yeah. So about we're some of the do, discounts. 
Yeah, some and and gear discounts, and we may I- implement some uh, some military and first responder discounts at some point, depending on uh, how it goes. You know, this is right. a good area for for that because there's a lot of us. You know, in, yeah. in Charleston. Okay, and just the the three of you here. I mean, you said just the three of you, right? Yeah. Yep. That's and I know I know one person. Um, uh, Olivia Kirk Oli- is going to be working for you. She's going to start at, on uh, on our grand opening as a part time member. We right. just hired her just a couple days ago, and yeah, and she's yeah, been getting some experience pouring beer down at Homegrown down there. That's so. what she told me, and that looked really good, you know, yeah. to me because we want people in here that have some experience. Well, yeah. no, a little, little, at least a little bit of something about beer. Yeah, sure. Well, speaking of beer, we pour these beers. I don't want them to sit here getting warm. So, what do we got? going on here right so you have our goza it is a uh, mostly uh, two-row brewer, brewer's malt with some some wheat in it uh, kettle sour with lactobacillus bacteria mm-hmm. um, and uh, just a touch of sriracha hops in there to give it a little bit of a lemony bitterness uh, tart and some kosher salt thrown in there again just a little bit of that and that's um, that's our, one of our sour beers. We like to do those. They're, they're surprisingly easy to make. They just take a little bit of time because you got to go through that kettle souring process. Right. But we'll probably always have those on tap. I make a mean Berliner Weiss and also um, one uh, one of the types of sour. I don't know if you're a sour beer drinker. But oh, yeah, for sure. We like to. I've got one called an American Golden Sour Beer that's all American ingredients. It's a little bit stronger. And, you know, we Americans like to do things a little bit more you know right. overdo things even to sure. some extent so it's going to be really tart and uh and so yeah all right so I'm we'll always do that and i have a chocolate uh stout chocolate okay. coffee stout this is my favorite one all right so i love darker maltier beers sweeter beers that's always been my favorite but i tried to do a little bit of everything so. right yeah definitely well cheers yeah. eric yeah. i appreciate cheers you having you. me over here thank you very nice thank you yeah i would say maybe a five or a six on the sour scale yeah um it's got that nice saltiness to it very well balanced i like it the color's nice looks beautiful now do you have a, a special niche that you're going for you know like okra brewery they're a german centric style brewery do you have a, a style that you we really prefer don't. to brew no um I've done everything as a home brewer. I took a year and did all Belgian beers. I took a year and did all German. Well, that's a beers. question real quick. Are either one of these a recipe that you had in your pocket already from home brewing? Somewhat, yeah. Modified, scaled, yeah. And, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, these are all techniques that I've used previously in, in right. making okay. beers. So our recipes are going to be what we brew. Is, our plan is to, be, uh, is to allow the public to determine what we brew so if, okay uh, we're not even naming our beers right now it's wide awake goza wide awake coffee yeah. stout uh why waste perfectly good names on beers that we're not going to brew again if, if they don't sell and people don't like them what we want is for the public to tell us by buying our beer what they like and we'll brew those again and eventually have an array of just really good beers on tap it's a good way to do it. I, think that's I mean, the customers make your business, right? Yeah, and I know that when I go to places, I like to have something different. I mean, if you're a craft beer drinker, I think nowadays, I'm sure you still got to have those staple beers and 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 uh, and get your name out. And we don't have a distributor yet, but we're working on that. 
um, once we have some good beers that, that we think are, are worthwhile, we're putting on the shelves out, out in the retail spaces. Um, but I like variety, you know, and, and right. I love the creativity as a, as a long-time home brewer. That's why staying small, you know, is yeah. conducive to that. Yeah, and I was excited to see your list when you posted it the other day because I was thinking the same thing. You know, most breweries, not most, but quite a bit of them start off with just a standard, you know, four beers, a, maybe a pale ale, a Hefeweizen, a brown, and maybe a stout or a porter. Right. And uh, you came out of the box with, with a lot of beers. I think people are going to be excited about that for well, sure. I know I was. Right. We, we started, I mean, if you look at our first three beers, we did an American pale ale, an amber ale, and a brown ale. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because <laughs> we were home brewers and we had never brewed on an industrial level before. Yeah. So we were going with those straightforward styles that we knew and, and learning our system. So, again, forgive us if, if uh, our beers aren't perfect, if there, there may be a little more graininess or a little less hoppiness or... Right. There's always a learning curve going from that yeah. five gallon up to the what you said five barrel and ten barrel systems back yeah, there. Yeah, exactly right? right. Yeah, and it's not just from what I understand from because I've, I've home brewed, but I've never done anything bigger than five gallon batches as well. But from what I understand, it's not just multiplication or addition. I mean, it's a lot of tweaking to the formula that you have to do, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you always hear that, and I expected the same thing, um, but for the most part. What I've found on the system that we have is it pretty much scales almost directly. Okay. Um, the IBUs may not scale the same. I'm not 100% sure of that because we're so new. Yeah. But it seems like they're they're within you know the ballpark of, of what I'm used to as a home brewer. There's really no way for us to measure that, you know. So. Um, that right. You'd be- have to like send it off to a lab. I think Joey was telling me the same thing at Frothy Beer that yeah. you'd have to send it off and get it measured. I'm and- sure there's equipment that you could buy, but it's expensive and being a small craft brewery, we'll tweak it in over time, I think. Yeah. It'd be close enough. Yeah. For government sure. work. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> right. And, and, and nowadays everybody likes those hoppy IPAs. So yeah, that's the big thing, right? The New England style for sure yeah. is, is kind of the craze. And I guess now the new craze is what the brewed IPAs, everybody's doing those now. Um, and then it seems like people are kind of going back to the West Coast style somewhat. They could Some be. people are. Yeah. yeah. I don't really have my finger on the pulse. Like I said, for the last year, I've been encapsulated in this tomb, just focusing on trying to get us right. get us open. So. Now, you said you went, you had another location you were thinking about doing food. So, mm-hmm. no food is going to be here at the moment, but you'll have, obviously, food trucks and things like that come in, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, there's no ordinance where you can't have them out in the parking no, lot. No, we, uh, we have permission <clears throat> from the county and we have permission from the landlord. So, we absolutely plan to have food. Uh, trucks, trailers, and pop-ups fairly frequently on the weekends. In fact, for our grand opening, which is Thursday of next week, the 7th of February um, 2019, in case you're listening to this in the future, um, we are going to open our doors at 4 p.m. for the first time and start selling beer to the public. So hopefully everybody will come on out. We're gonna have food vendors here all weekend long and yeah so different people yes absolutely yeah we've got uh, you know three you got or coming four. uh that's a good question i uh i know we've got the geechee guy or geechee boy lined okay. up and uh, we also have a uh, chicken and ribs guy that uh, the, the name of his is bits and bites 
bits and bytes. Right. I'm gonna write some of this down so I can yeah. tag some people. And I, you know, and I can't remember what the name of the of the third one is, but uh, it's Asian uh, type food, Asian fusion type food. That's going to be. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, Facebook slash Wide Awake Brewing, and you can see that stuff. Okay, so it's all on there. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And do you have a an Instagram? I was trying to find you on Instagram. We do have an Instagram. We haven't really been very active about posting on Instagram or Twitter. We've been doing everything through Facebook. Um, it's just been more than I'm capable of doing, and my team is, right. is capable. So of people are looking for information. The best place is Facebook. Facebook for right now, yeah. Okay. And, and our main, uh, even our, even that's even better than our main website. Okay. Yeah, it seems like that's the way it goes, right? Yeah, that was that's where we, we've seemed to have gotten the most attention. We will get a better handle on that once uh, things settle down a little bit. Right. And what are your uh, what are your standard hours going to be? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite got that set up yet. Right. We're um, based on demand. What we're yeah, it's going to be based on demand. But right now, what we're looking at is closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, and then open for uh, the evening on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and, and all the way through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. So uh, we did publish hours this week on Facebook. So again, you can look at that okay. on Facebook, and that that'll give you an idea. And if we change that at some point. Those are just our hours for the for the grand opening weekend, but I think it's going to be pretty consistent from then. From then okay. On. So the grand so four o'clock on Thursday mm-hmm. until till I believe ten o'clock on Thursday night, and then Friday we plan to open at three p.m. and uh, and close I want to say at eleven p.m. Don't quote me on these numbers, right. but they're thereabouts. And then Saturday we're going to open at eleven a.m and close at midnight and Sunday noon to 6 p.m. Okay. Pretty sure those are at least reasonably close. Yeah, sounds pretty good. And are you ready? I mean, are you ready for all these people? Because when I looked at the Facebook page, people that were interested, it was like one point, fifteen hundred people or something, right? Yeah, yeah. there's quite, we've been really blessed and, and uh, just overwhelmed actually by the interest and, um, and the, 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 the support from the community. Um, are we ready? I mean, we'll know when we get <laughs> when right. we get there. I mean, we, it's still really a question, been, but yeah, yeah, we've really been trying to do everything to get ready. We had a soft opening, a by invitation only opening uh, about a week ago, and that went really well. But it did point out some things that we needed to improve. So sure, we're working on point. those, and uh, yeah, we'll try to be ready again. Forgive us if we're, if we're a little slow on the draw. We're new at this. Right. And you said you had 16, is that what you said? 16 yep. taps? And yes. then And then two nitro? Right, right. Yep, we have 16 regular beer faucets and two nitro faucets. Right now we've got eight beers that we're going to put on tap for our grand opening. And hopefully we'll be able to load those taps up at some point, you know, once we get rolling. Yeah. And I know you gave me a little tour when I got here, but can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you're working with here? Yeah, so we've got a uh, five-barrel direct fire brew house uh, from Alpha Brewing Operations. We're not the only brewery in the Charleston area that that, uh, went through those guys as a manufacturer, so there's a couple other breweries that have the same sort of equipment, Um, but we're a little bit smaller than everybody else. Um, So we have a single step infusion, mash ton, and a natural gas uh, uh, brew kettle. We have 
eight tanks total. So we've got four five barrel fermenters, three 10 barrel fermenters, and a five barrel bright tank. So that's pretty much uh, what, we're, what we're brewing on right now. And again, we had never brewed on an industrial level, never interned at a brewery or anything like that. So we we got a little bit of limited consulting from our manufacturer, but we've been kind of learning on our own, and uh, and I, I have, I'm surprised to say that we have done a good job. I mean, that first brew was a long night. We all had my entire team here at 2 a.m. in the morning, and we were brewing all through the night, and it went really well. Uh, the pale ale, there was there have been there was a couple little minor glitches and snafus and and. Um, screw ups I guess you might say right uh, what kind of stuff I mean can you talk about yeah, it I mean, oh, absolutely on our first uh, on our first brew um, one of the things that happened the, the prom the primary thing that happens everything was going really great during the mash mm-hmm. and we uh, as a home brewer one of the things that I always did was cut my sparge off to let the mash drain out right at the end so as you're capturing that last little bit of of wort out so you don't have so much water left over in your mash tun at the end that you have to drain out and so we did that probably a little earlier than we should have and so I got a little worried that we might uh, run out of <laughs> wort so we cut some water back in and stirred that grain bed up and pushed a little bit of grain over into our kettle and so yeah I looked at that and I said oh man you know we're gonna have a grainy beer now yeah and surprisingly enough it dropped out and you know, I beat myself up and I beat my teammates up over something that was really, you know, insignificant. But we have had a couple of other little things. I, I like to talk about brewery mishaps as well. I, I you know, I know that uh, I listened to one of your podcasts that you did with uh, the Frothy Beard. Yeah, Joey Sigonelli. Yeah, and he was talking about um, keeping old spent grain around and him getting in trouble by his neighbors for that or something yeah or something. those kind of things interest me because we can learn from each other sure as, as breweries but uh well that's what i was going to ask too if during this whole process did you have a mentor of any sorts i mean from other breweries that people come in and give you some advice or did you just I, kind of do it all yourself no i mean i talked to uh, other guys um, other brewery owners and operators i pretty much know a good number of them from the area but no I didn't really have any um, any mentors for instance um, we went down to meet with guys at uh, low tide before we bought our equipment because they're one of the guys one of the one of one of the local breweries that have the same manufacturer as us right. and also the guys over at the Charlestown fermentary have the same same uh, manufactured equipment and so we we talked really carefully to everybody about what what systems they have, what the pros and cons that they had, and that sort of thing to select, you know, our vendor, our final supplier of equipment. But uh, as far as you know, having anybody, and and we get I'll get pointers and tips from everybody. You know, some there are certain little secrets and and uh, pointers that people have given us along the right. way. Just Might as well. Incidentally. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I would be talking without, to a bunch of those guys so you yeah. don't make the same mistakes everybody else, you know, is making. But um, one, one of the uh, one of our favorites, we kind of joke about it, is on YouTube. We watch a lot of YouTube videos around here because, you know, it's a great resource. Absolutely. I say it's a great resource, but I get laughed. Oh, you learned how to do that on YouTube. There's a uh, YouTube channel called Brewery Life 
where this guy named Jasper, who's a brewery owner, I, think, I want to say up in Montana, uh, he makes these how-to brewery videos, and we watch, we watch those as our training videos, mm -hmm. and they're really good. So anybody that's interested in uh, starting a brewery or, or how a brewery operates, you can go and figure out how to do clean in place on tanks. And, yeah, what was the name of it again? It's called Brewery Life. Brewery Life. Yeah, on YouTube. Very, the guy's very entertaining and, and very insightful. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And, and, and YouTube, straight. you can learn how to do anything on YouTube. Oh, sure. I mean, I learned how to do most of this stuff yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to sit and do tonight, you know, on YouTube. But yeah, it's a wonderful resource. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, we mentioned food earlier that you know you don't have any food. Is there any room to grow to, to put some sort of pop up food thing in here or not? Uh, you know, we like you mentioned, fermentory. They, you know, they got a pop up where people just come in and use their kitchen. I wish we did. This is a, about like a 1,600 square foot space and about 600 of that we're dedicating to our accessory tap room that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. And the rest of it is brewing area and you know you saw that everything is pretty well laid out but it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, tight. pretty tight and we've got a forklift that we store back there and we take out and you know to make space. Yeah. But um, yeah we're trying to maximize the use of space now. We're in a five uh, suite building so if you know we kind of joke about if we kick our neighbors out we can knock this wall down sure yeah and that's a possibility however there are other issues with that that we would have to reconcile you know right i mean obviously that's way down the road but yeah and then what are we doing with these cans here you said you've got what do you got over here um so we have a uh a canning machine a can seamer by october uh it's called October, okay. and we are doing canning of our, our products on, on an ad hoc basis. So if you come in and you want to take some craft beer home with you, we can fill your growlers, or we can sell you a growler and fill that for you, or we can fill you a can, or we can fill you a four pack of cans, or an eight pack. And you'll um, just you'll fill them and seal them right there in front of them. Absolutely, yeah. We're keeping a little bit um, on, on, on inventory right now for the grand opening. Oh yeah, I'm sure you're gonna need we'll, a lot of it. Yeah, we'll fill cans and, and let you take them off. So based on the law, law as it's currently written in the state of South Carolina, we can sell up to 288 ounces per person per 24 hour period for off-premise consumption. So okay. That, and this, again, being a small craft uh, microbrewery, we would like to to send you home the beer. So sure. please come and get it and take it home on Friday after work and, you know, yeah. Get your pizza and, and, and your beer and All right. have a good evening. And tell, <laughs> and tell everybody about it, yeah. And are these uh, shirts that you're going to offer up here that you have framed? Yes, uh, those are our wide awake t-shirts. Um, we have two different styles, the ones with the original black logos and, uh, and the ones with the white logos, the white lettering uh, showed up a little bit better on the, uh, on the other colors. We've got a few other colors that we offer. We've got a purple pink t-shirts for the girls um or the guys you know if you like pink sure prob but, probably but I know, I know what you're saying a lot of people just kind of stick with the unisex type shirt but you actually have some female yeah. styles as well sure or and cuts. we also have some brewer shirts that are embroidered uh those t-shirts were selling at cost for right at twenty dollars a piece and then the embroidered brewer shirts for 30 bucks and those are like the button-up front type yeah, style yeah exactly the button-up shirts that you'll see the guys that work in the breweries wear and those were popular as well. People have come in and, and bought those when we offered those before Christmas. 
Um, we, you know, we'll sell, we're selling pint glasses and growlers. Um, Do you, and 32 and 64 ounce? Yes. Yeah. yeah logo emblazed growlers. Okay. Just the glass. Yeah. Glass. Yeah. Dark, dark brown glass. Right. Growlers. What else? What other goodies can That's you get? That's pretty much it, man. I mean, we're right now, again, focusing on getting the beer, making the, the beer product and selling the beer. Right. Um, but we will, if, if there are, if there's an interest in ball caps or koozies or something like that, you know, of course, we'll try to support that. But, I mean, yeah, but just the basic stuff. You know, everybody wants a t-shirt for sure. Stickers? You're going to have stickers? We do. We have some stickers. Yeah. I'll give you some stickers. Yeah, I might have to get a couple. I got my car out there. It's nothing but beer stickers on the back window. So I, in my fridge, in my studios, you know, all beer stickers. <laughs> right. as well. Yeah, I, was a, I have a um, kegerator at the house. It's got stickers all over it. Yeah. yeah. All the brewery stickers. So with all this going on, are you still home brewing too? Or you just oh, you gave that up? No, yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> I don't have time. None of us yeah. really have time for anything other than this. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you don't. We, we don't really want to homebrew after we spend yeah. a day making a big right. batch of beer. So, how long did you do that homebrewing? Um, I started homebrewing with friends from the Navy back in the mid '90s. So I brewed. I, I won't say regularly, but maybe once a month for about ten years. Maybe once every month, every other month for about ten years, um, and then stopped doing it for a bit. And then uh, picked it back up in, I want to say 2012, when my kids were a lot older and almost, my son was grown, my daughter was almost grown. Had a lot more free time on my hands. So just started dabbling in hobbies and that was one of them that I had prior experience with and got, uh, you know, wanted to improve. So I started doing that, had some friends who also homebrewed. And so we had our little backyard parties and tried each other other's beer. And, Started home. It started a homebrew club, so we, uh, we branched out from there, and uh, and at one point we had uh, we had quite an interest in the homebrew club. We were doing meetings at all the different uh, breweries and and, uh, and and brew pubs and, and craft beer places, and that's how I and I, I kind of did that as a networking uh, venture because in the back of my mind I thought you know. There's two things. This is sort of this is sort of a conjoining of two interests of mine. One was always I always wanted to have my own business, mm-hmm. and that's primarily what you know what this is is a business. I mean, you you, you go into it thinking, "Well, I'm going to make beer, right?" No, you're going into business, and yeah. so so that's got to be the first interest. But I could never figure out what I wanted to do, you know, what I could dedicate my life to, because I knew if I was going into business, it would have to be something. That I would really devote myself to, and so this hobby seemed like a good possibility. So I started networking with people, meeting a lot of the local brewery owners, craft beer retailers, and stuff like that, and and craft beer enthusiasts through the homebrew club. And then um, I would say that started in about 2014, and and about. 2016, uh, we just I stopped doing it because I wanted to focus. I knew at that point I wanted to to go into business and open a brewery, so it was just taking up entirely too much of my time. Uh, started writing a business plan and just submerged myself into this project entirely. Yeah, and just had to 
will it into existence. You know, it's a difficult thing because there's a lot of different aspects to it, funding and, and uh, just the sheer physical work and research and everything to, to, to make it happen was tough. Yeah. And what made you think that, that your home brewing experience was enough to open a brewery? I mean, what made you think you were good enough to have your own beer out there, people to drink? Uh, yeah, I still have doubts. In you, my still don't, you still don't know yet? <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, yeah, I would never even try to uh, act like I know everything that there is to know about beer. I mean, you weren't out there entering a bunch of competitions oh, and winning awards sure. and things and people telling you, hey, oh, your beer's great. Well, I mean... Yeah, I think people do tell you your beer's great oftentimes, even when it's not so great. Yeah, I believe that too. Um, But yeah, I did enter some competitions, uh, local. uh, Like the Brew Ha Ha and things like that. Yeah, we did some events uh, with my team at the Brew Ha Ha, and and we sampled our beer at public events and things like that. Right. So, yeah. Like Dustin Famular, I'm good friends with him, but I know he did the same thing. You probably even were in competitions with him, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I know Justin. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that, that gives, gives you a lot of uh, self-reinforcement in, yeah, I'm capable of doing this, but am I really capable of running a business? Yeah. You know, I guess you'll find out. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, let's see, what else? What else do you, you got anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to bring up? Any other events, places to contact you? I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, if... Uh, if you're interested in knowing more, the best place to find out is, again, Facebook. Yeah. That's what we're, we're updating right now um, as much as possible when time permits. We're, we're giving everybody a glimpse into what we're doing here. That The big thing that I'd like to reinforce is February the 7th at 4 p.m. We're opening up. We're going to sell our first pint of beer to whoever gets through the door first. Yeah. And um, uh, food trucks and trailers and pop-ups all weekend. Uh, we'll have eight beers on tap, and you can see that selection on Facebook as well. Yep. And if you need to get in touch with me, you can get my contact information through there via email or telephone or whatever. I mean, we've already had – we published our hours again this week, a day before yesterday. Yeah. And, and I'll put all the links in the show notes to all this stuff as well so people can just click on it if they want to find out more information. Great. But, like I said, just looking at Facebook, I think you've got plenty of publicity already and interest, but I'm hoping this will help push a few more people your way. I'll put this out on Tuesday, so this will come out on the 5th, a couple of days prior. So, yeah. One other thing I'd like to bring uh, bring up, I, I know that you and I kind of talked about it before, but I don't think we talked about it yet, but this is the first uh, production brewery in Berkeley County. So we point. are in Berkeley County. We're located on the Highway 17A Commercial Corridor. Um, if you take the Somerville exit off I-26 going towards in the direction of Monk's Corner, we're about a mile and a half down from that uh, I-26 exit just uh, across the street from the CVS Pharmacy. Um, we're on Varner Street, 1907 Varner Street uh, in Suite B5 and uh, Berkeley County. Yeah, this is Berkeley County and so there's tapping up on 30 beer producers in the tri-county area right now so berkeley county's been a tough nut to crack and we're pretty proud of the fact that we're we're uh we're supporting berkeley county right yeah and it was probably difficult for the town or berkeley county i guess as well being the first brewery oh yeah 
they, they yeah, had to they, go out and do the same our, thing you had to do in research and figure out how to do it right yeah i know other breweries have had the same problems i'm, I'm sure that oak road had the same problem with dorchester and somerville uh, but they don't really have the, these ordinances and um, and their rules and laws written uh, for this type of facility you know they look at beer production as manufacturing and, and manufacturing is only allowed in certain areas and and uh, you know what we're doing is making a food product like bacon bread or something like that mm -hmm. so if you have a donut shop or, or something along those lines you consider that manufacturing out of yeah um, but yeah it was tricky to to uh, jump those legal hoops with uh, with the government you know all all different aspects of the government the, the, the county the state uh, the feds the federal TTB but yeah we finally got through that and, and now we're looking to hopefully I you know I'm again a resident of Goose Creek so I don't I and we're in between the Nexton community and the Carnes Crossroads community on Highway 17A so this is a growing vibrant area um, We've got Cane Bay and Sangaree and Goose Creek and Somerville. A lot of people around here that are interested in craft beer uh, with a very limited selection of places that they can go. If you, if I want, I know that if I want a good craft beer, I got to get in the car and drive, you know, to downtown, either the upper end of North Charleston or, um, or down to the peninsula or West Ashley. And a lot of people don't want to go that far. So call this the beer desert <laughs> yeah. and we're going to try to bring an oasis uh, uh, craft beer to the beer desert sounds good i think um hopefully it's going to start a trend and people are going to start getting more real estate out here for sure that would be great yeah, yeah. and i know that nexton is planning to bring a lot of uh, high-end restaurants i mean i know hall's chop house is planning to come out there right a few other places so yeah this is a growing area and i'm op uh, optimistic about how we're going to do so hopefully you guys will come out and support us and uh, oh, i think they're going to for sure everybody i've talked to so far is waiting on it Sweet. how'd you come up with the name wide awake i mean i know it's wide awake america or whatever it is over here right yeah that's an interesting question so um this is the unincorporated area of berkeley county known as wide awake yeah i don't know why i've kind of researched it i know that there was a a college professor uh, back in the I think he started back in the 50s and 60s all the way up through the 70s he was like the keeper of the tome of names of, of South Carolina names and I'm not sure <laughs> where he he got that from but uh, there's a book that you can buy it's like a collector's item that, that talks about it but it's like 200 bucks so I haven't really, oh, really? spent the money on it but yeah I did a little bit of limited research because I get that question a lot but if you go to Google Maps and you type in this area you'll see you know right down by the hot spot everybody knows where the hot spot is that's from this area so. yeah so that's it yeah that's it man yeah um any of these beers did you collaborate with anybody on these or these are all just yours out the box yeah these are all just ours i mean we're too young and fledgling i think right now to collaborate with anybody we're just trying to collaborate yeah, with ourselves i, I, I guarantee <laughs> you somebody would have come in and said yeah i'll help you make a beer yeah, yeah we, sure. it's been so hectic and just uh, we have had uh, other guys from other breweries come up and visit us and and, uh, and talk to us and, and give us pointers and stuff like that but right yeah we're at, at this point we're just trying to learn our pro get our processes honed and 
we've improved greatly from that first night. Like I said, we were here at 2 a.m. and it just went on forever and now we've got it down to a science. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, amazing how quickly you, you can learn and we I think we've got nine batches under our belt. Okay, very cool. I'm gonna ask you one last question. Sure, man. What's your favorite brewery in the Low Country? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I I, can, I have an answer to that, and I'm I, I'm a straight shooter, so I'm going to tell you right out of the right out of you know without too much uh, beating around the bush what my favorite brewery is, and. Uh, it's revelry, I have to say. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of those guys. I, I love those guys from the beginning. I think they do a really good job. Uh, we know some of those guys um, through friends of friends and that sort of thing. And, and there's a bit, a bit of a little bit of a rivalry that goes back and forth with uh, we're coming for you, you know. And they're like, all right, come on, come get it, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, that's that. I like their beer the best. I'm. I'm a big fan of many of the breweries sure. in Charleston. Holy City would be a close second. I like the, what the guys at Low Tide are doing. Um, we got a, so many good breweries. Yeah, it's hard uh, to pick one for sure. Yeah, and and then the guys that have trailblazed for the rest of us. I mean, a, a brewery of this size wouldn't have even been possible ten years ago if it hadn't been for breweries like Coast. Like Coast, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so. she's uh, Jamie's one of the people I want to get on and talk to about that actually, but we just haven't had a chance to get together. But and they're expanding too. I mean, they're getting ready to do some big things, yeah. I think, and as well as Holy City and yeah. And I have a high people. degree of respect for the guys who started off even smaller than we're starting off. You know, the guys with frothy beard, uh, the Oak Road guys, the yeah. the Ghost Monkey guys, right there. Yeah, starting small and bootstrapping yourself from the ground up, it's hard, man. Anybody that says it's easy has probably not ever done it right yeah well, i think that about wraps it up thanks unless Brian. you got anything else you need to talk about but i think we've covered it all and the big the big thing is the grand opening for yep. seven through the 10th seven through the 10th that's next weekend thursday friday saturday and sunday we'll be here serving beer hopefully everybody will come and see us i think they will i won't i'll be working but um i'll get over here as soon as i can <laughs> on a non-work day but uh but I appreciate your time. The place looks great. Uh, the beer was fantastic, the one that I've had. And um, I look forward to drinking more of it. Great, man. Thank you. I appreciate you coming out. Yes, Thank sir. You. Great being here. I appreciate it. Yep. You too, man.